you're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Do you love hydration? Do you like being recovered and being able to take on multiple events in a single training session because you actually feel like you're getting enough hydration? Funny, us too. That's why we are partners with Hoist. We love Hoist over here. It's no secret. They've been with us since literally the very beginning of when we started the Ones Ready podcast. They've always supported us. They've got tons of veterans and LEOs running around their entire spot. They're out of the Midwest, so we have conversations about being from you know from Ohio and living that Midwest life. But most importantly, it started off because we love their drink. Brian, Peaches, Trent, and I, we all tried Hoist, many different flavors. They've got five of them now. Orange is my favorite, no big deal. But we all tried it, and it was amazing. We felt great in in the workout, after the workout. Our hydration went just through the roof. We felt a lot better. So that's where it all started is we we actually love this product. It's great. You get IV level hydration. What does that mean? It means that you get to train as hard as you need to, and Hoist is going to have your back and get you ready for, most importantly, that next event. Maybe not the next day's event. Maybe you have to do something right then, and it's it's awesome. You can just throw it in your ruck. It's fantastic. You can find it everywhere. Go to drinkhoist.com and enter code Ready when you check out. You're going to get a good discount. So go check them out there at drinkhoist on instagram as well so look up drink hoist on instagram go to drinkhoist.com, enter the code ones ready at checkout to get a sweet discount again thanks to hoist giving you that iv level hydration it's one of the only uh one of the very few electrolyte beverage beverages that's actually approved by the dod for you so once again drinkhoist.com. go check them out put in code ones ready at checkout thanks to hoist what's up everybody welcome back i can't even begin to describe what is about to happen here. We have the biggest guest that we've ever had, regardless of what he's going to say after this introduction. Mr. Jason Ellis. Ellis oh, made himself man. the head of the Wolf Knives has come on to talk man. to our our lowly selves. Jason, welcome, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Man, I, uh, I, I'm i a little bit starstruck, uh, even more than <laughs> I told you earlier. I, I really appreciate you coming on. So as you know, we're a, we're a whole bunch of dudes that, that talk to prospective special operators and we're starting to kind of like branch out into a little, uh, a little leadership and mentorship space. And you have an amazing story starting all the way back from, you know, when you started your pro skateboarding career at, at 17 and you have a, a ton of lessons that we think are super, super valuable. And that's, that's why we wanted to come on and have you, have you on and, and really talk about those things. Cause man, we're, we're going to get into it. And, and I've, I'm just super excited. So fanboy, uh, fanboy over. Why don't you tell uh, some of our some of our listeners that don't necessarily know your entire story, man, take us from your days in Australia and, and to where you are now. Really? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can start off, man. So yeah, I'm going to miss a few spots here. But, it's, it's all right. Um, let's see. I. I'm really bad at, at uh, school. I think I got diagnosed with dyslexia when I was like 12 or something, um, got in a lot of trouble, not like being a bully or anything. I used to just get beat up a lot for being a smart ass and, and, and I probably chicks liked me. So everybody who didn't okay. get laid wanted to beat me up. I was in a school of people that <laughs> right. sucked. Right. But, um, I remember, you know, finding skateboarding with these two twin brothers at that school and we became best friends and we started skateboarding, uh, and it really was kind of immediate. Like, I think I might have, might have ridden a skateboard when I was a really little kid one time. Like, an uncle had one. Didn't mean anything. And then this time, 
in school in the eighties, this something happened where I just uh I spent a lot of time by myself. Nobody was really uh, wanted me around, kind of thing. So I think I like <laughs> I nobody cared. I didn't complain. So I was good at just sitting by myself, thinking of stuff. Sure, I, like daydreamed a lot. So um, when skateboarding came to me, it was like um, it was like I'd been saved a little bit. You know, I mean, it was pretty cheesy, yeah. but I just didn't care about anything, anything at all, except skateboarding. So whenever I wasn't talking to someone, I was just thinking about skateboarding and it like it would amuse me to the point where, you know, I would tense up because my brain's thinking about so many different skateboard things. My shoulders would always come up and then I'd, <laughs> I'd catch it and be like, man, I was really concentrating. Oh, I was, so, really, I was really into thinking about doing that new trick or doing that new. Yeah. yeah and I was really bad, really uh, not athletic at all. These two twin brothers, one was fat and the other one was obese and they were both better than me for a couple of years. But I just loved it. And then um, just one day at the ramp, someone was like, a friend of mine was like, why don't you try frontside ollies? And it's a trick. You just, whatever, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> sure. when I tried it, it looked like I was going to make it. And I kicked the board away. And he was like, dude, it looked like you could have made that. And then I made that. And then I did every other grab out of that in 15 minutes. So I went from just some kid to in the top five dudes in Australia in like an hour. Like I learned all these things. So I left on a train that day. And when I came back the next day, the skate shop owner was at the ramp asking me about my life and shit. So all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And then I hear about, and then he is a guy that was, he went to America. He's from New Zealand. He went to America and told me this crazy story about, how he competed against Jeff Grosso. And when he went to drop in for his ride, he couldn't even hear the music or the crowd. You know, he was just, his whole life depended on making this ride. And I'm, and I'm like, uh, you know, 16 or something like that. And he just affected me so much. Like I was like, that's what I want. It's what I want. I've got to do that. I finally found it, which is very, for all the things that I didn't like in my life from childhood, to find this thing that filled everything. I had a community. I had people that um, gave me the time of day. I had respect. I had, I created something. I couldn't stop thinking of things to create in it. So I never had a moment where I felt sorry for myself or any, it didn't matter what the day was like. I was always having a really good time because I had mastered this thing that, that at one point seemed pretty impossible, but I was still okay with it because I, I love doing it so much. And then obviously the dream is once you get good at skateboarding, you go to America because you hear about this dude named Tony Hawk who apparently you can do a finger flip and then grab it again. And I'm like, that's impossible. And then I see <laughs> animal chin video and I'm like, Oh shit, it is fucking on. And then I go to America with this other dude who'd already been once he was 17, I think. So we we're both 17 and, uh, the first, I get off the plane to escape to a mini ramp, someone's mini ramp in the backyard that has two mini ramps, spine and a hip. Nobody had fucking mini ramps and spine and hips in Australia. <laughs> so this, I'm like, oh my God, look at the skate park. And then Jinx is there. And, and, and no, that's not like the biggest pro in the world, but he's a pro and he's there. And I'm like, this is fucking insane. And yeah. then Lance Mountain, one of the, greatest skateboarders ever is like you guys can stay at my house and skate my ramp 
So now I'm now I live at Lance Mountain's house and I'm skating his <laughs> ramp with Lance Mountain. You literally went from zero. You know, you knew zero tricks. And in the course of a year, not only did you find yourself in America, but hanging out with people that you are now idolizing like and that then, had to be wild. At his ramp, I learned three tricks a day. That was my thing. I had to learn three tricks a day. And I learned three tricks a day for three months until his wife kicked me out of his house <laughs> for being there for too long. And then and then when I went back to Australia, I was easily the best skateboarder in Australia by by I, I like uh would win street contests and <laughs> contests because people just hadn't figured it out yet. And I felt like I brought that there because that's the thing. When I came to America and I saw these people do these tricks that nobody could do, as soon as you see it with your own eyes, you're like, it can be done. Right. And, and then you're already halfway there. So whoever's whoever grows, it's like anybody, gyms, if you've got a guy that's a fucking freak and he's good as shit, you feed off him. He builds the rest of us. You never want to be the strongest dude in your gym. You never want to be the best guy at jiu-jitsu in your gym. You never want to be the best boxer. You want you want to to hang out with people that are like-minded and that are better. Something to right. aspire to. Yeah. Right. So that just fed to me. You know, I think it was the enthusiasm and my passion for it. And then, of course, being fortunate enough. Well, not that. You know, I paid my dues, man. Like, you don't know these guys and you don't get to stay at Lance Mountain's house if you didn't already get people in Australia saying, this dude's the next fucking thing or whatever. So Lance was yeah. just helping breed new skateboarders that's the, probably the greatest thing about some of these guys is i feel like a lot of these people helped me and supported me because they were just furthering the sport trying to help the, each other out they're like what i've got if i can get you a little bit you seem like a good kid i'll help you out so they were people have always helped when you when you put in the rent that's what i call it when you pay your dues Everybody in skateboarding hooks you up, your family. So that another thing that I embraced, but it failed three years in a row. Wait, four? <laughs> I think it was four. Yeah, four years. So four years in a row, I went back, 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 no money. Then the the fifth time I got, like, skateboarding died financially. Then by the fifth time, skateboarding had come back up and every skate team needed a vert dude. So right. it was all street skating. But skateboarding was big again, so people had enough money to get your vert dude on your team. So right. people were calling everywhere around the world looking for the vert dude. <laughs> and, and it was like, it. wait, you Alice, it. isn't he from the 90s? Didn't he do? And then like, somebody, <laughs> somebody, I heard of like another a younger guy from Australia talking to the company going, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can do all the flip shit now. And <laughs> yeah, still does those big ollies. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does both new and old. And, and they're like, yep, they'll fly you out. And I'm like, here we go again. And then they paid me $700 a month. Oh my God. And then and you I, got, so we do dangerous shit, man. We jump out of planes. We, you know, we, you know, a lot of us have had some wild stories. That vert, that big vert shit, that's scary to me. Like that, how did, how did you even decide that you wanted to transition to vert? No, I've only been vert. Only. Only. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Skate when I started skateboarding, there was no street skateboarding. There was parks. Oh, okay. I knew there was a Del Mar in America and in Australia there was a, a big keyhole. Cause we didn't have we don't have private skate parks, we have public ones. So oh, people okay. just build shit and leave it in a park. That's <laughs> oh, nice. It. So there was this giant <laughs> keyhole bowl that was in a park somewhere and it was so sketchy. So I wrote <laughs> that first. Then there was a half pipe in a park and we fucking that was it that's so i'm a vert guy all the way all okay. for my whole life and the vert ramp the ramp going down a ramp it's not i didn't mean 
to do it. It's progressive, but I think my background from my father and riding dirt bikes and shooting guns and, you know, my father was, him and his friends were crazy, drunk, tough guys that, you know, shot wild boars and they put the wild boars head on my head and stuff. I'd be running around like an idiot. <laughs> so I had a maniac childhood. So when it came to now I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 25 and I'm a pro skateboarder. And if you jump off this ramp, you could potentially hurt yourself. That's my fucking, that's my fucking calling. Like, that's that's when I show up. It's like, wait, you're saying you could get fucked up? I'm fucking in. That's all I wanted to mess with was I didn't want to get hurt, but I, but I was okay with it more than the average person. But I also, I love getting away with it. Yeah. Like I love the, like, you can't make that. And I'm like, want to fucking bet? Yeah. It's gotta be like a special kind of adrenaline rush to do that. That type yeah, of stuff. Which is that problem with everybody else, man. You get this rush and then you, you don't know how to replace it when your body, cause mm-hmm. I can't skateboard like that anymore. I, right. Yeah. I can't get, the, I can't do an eight foot front of there. I'll explode. Like I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> but I can do yeah, other stuff. I, like I do MMA stuff at a lower level, so it's still like I, I got to work. I, my brain's being creative, doing dangerous stuff. It's just a little less. Well, I've got to admit, I'm on the uh, the discovery train along with some of our listeners. Uh, I'm not very familiar with your background, but I, that was my question: is did the the adrenaline wear off from skating, and is that what got you into MMA? Because obviously, you had a background of of chasing this. It was dangerous. Exactly, you're exactly thing. right. That's that's exactly what happened. The the skateboarding thing was uh, wasn't at the end. It was Sirius XM offered me a radio deal in Los Angeles, in and and the Tony Hawk show. And they were like, "We want you to be," you know. And I saw this as my opportunity to get a new career because I was already I had like two, maybe three years left of being a, of a good skateboarder. I didn't want to hang out and just get a check for being like, oh, good old Ellis is still there. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, so I moved up, and there's no vert ramp in L.A. So I knew I'd quit my love. My I knew I could no longer routinely go to a vert ramp and skateboard. I knew it. I, I remember saying goodbye to friends in San Diego, and shit was like, it was emotional because I knew <laughs> it was like over for that's me. A, that's a big move. You're out. You're into a new I'm, game then. I made a choice. I'm like, I'm no longer a fucking pro skateboarder. I'm like a radio host that's going to be this next big thing on Sirius XM. And it was just go, go, go again. Like, because I knew the same and I had the same energy, but more this time because in skateboarding, I didn't have any talent. In radio, I did. And I was like, man, this is your opportunity to actually win. You know, like you did pretty good at skateboarding and you are fucking bad. Like I fucking (laughs) (laughs) balance or whatever the fuck it is you're supposed to have. Agility. I don't don't know what it it is, but I don't have it. (laughs) I got videos where I'm like, I can't believe I did any of that. I just must have been trying so hard. This is that willingness to put your your body on the line all the time. Some skateboard parts where I'm like, I fucking can't. Like, I remember making a couple of things where Danny Way, who's way better than me, was like, dude, I thought there was no way you would ever make that. Well, you had a world. Told me I had it. He's like, you had a Guinness World Record at one point. Oh, that see, that's I didn't. Danny Way gave me that record. That was (laughs) that was. They called Danny and said they'll pay him ten ten grand to uh, be in the Guinness Book of Records and do this big bomb drop because he'd already jumped from a helicopter into a ramp, and mm-hmm. that was considered the world record. <clears throat> so I think that was eight feet. So they were like, 10 grand, 10 feet. And he's like, fuck that. 
He's like, I know a guy will do it for 10 grand, though. <laughs> so Danny called me. He's like, yo, would you fucking jump off some shit? For, they'll pay you 10 grand. I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm like, I got a hotel room in LA and I'm hanging out with these fucking TV people and they're banging my skateboard with a pencil to see if it's like real. I'm like, what the fuck? Some stunt coordinator who knows fucking nothing about anything. They put a, uh, a giant, what are those gymnast mats? They put them up yeah. like dominoes. Like one after the other. So when I landed in the mega ramp, I'd go into the mat, into the mat, oh, and the mat. Sound, that doesn't sound professional. <laughs> because the what first do we do? time I did it, I hit the mat and it bounced me up in the air and I bounced over past the mat. So, so their answer was another mat. Behind it. I'm like, wait, just give me more of a... <laughs> more of a runway. Like it's just like, if I make it, I'm straight into a giant fucking Hello. mat thing. Oh. But yeah, that wasn't... That was... Like, yeah, I could jump through some shit, but Danny yeah. Way is Danny Way. I, I yeah. never, yeah, yeah, I'm in the Guinness Book of Records, but that's, it's bullshit. Okay. No, but that's cool, though. <laughs> well, I, I want to go back to your point, though, because I, I, I see something in, in our community that's really difficult to do sometimes. And I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that you were just able to take that first love of skating and close that door on it. And I know, you know, we all deal with it. It's hard when you start to move past that, like, first thing that you're really, you know, maybe not really good at, but passionate about, and you tried real hard, and you, all that blood, sweat, and tears. Like, how was that transition for you? Or how, how did you, how are you the person that's just like, I'm going to shut that door and move on? Like, how does that even work? From you, this is going to get dark. From years of therapy, the reason that I can uh, departmentalize, decompartmentalize things like and split and never look back is because there was a time there where something happened to me when I was a child that was really bad, and I don't even remember it. I didn't remember it until I was in my 20s because I had erased it from my life. So for me to uh, erase skateboarding from my life and direct all my energy into radio, that's a way easier thing to uh, push out of the back of my mind. And and it would be different if I just pushed it out and just tried to walk around not doing anything. It was it had hit me again. Like it was, and maybe I'm not a skateboarder. I'm more of like a lover of passion. Like I felt like the radio talked to me again in this way where I was like, you know what I want to do tomorrow? Fucking radio. You know what I mean? Like talking, doing, I got to say, I got to think of a button, think of a thing. Like I'm going, man. Like, and it's, it was the same as skateboarding. So it wasn't, it was more like, you know, the same with MMA. The only thing that stops me from not having a professional MMA career is one, I'm not that good. And two, I'm hey, fucking 49, hey, you're, but you're two, you're two and O oh, baby. You're two and O oh, shark. Heart. I know, but I would do, <laughs> I would do that every weekend if my body yeah. could take it because it's so intense and it's, and, and I love it so much. It's just who I am. I feel like if I did, that's my main thing. I need to love something yeah. so much or yeah. i'll be fucking really depressed and dark like that's as long as i find a thing that i'm like always thinking like how could i make that better that yeah. keeps me uh from being a you know like an alcoholic or whatever you know junkie or some shit oh yeah no i mean we, we do with that with with uh some of the people reaching out to us and they're like hey should i be you know this career field or this career field in special operations and we're like well what what do you want to do what what because that's what's going to yeah. dictate your success or, or not being successful. I would try all so, of them too. Like I would try <laughs> stuff that I didn't think that I would like because you never know. And you only get one shot 
And, you know, there's certain things I've done in my life where I was like, I'll do it because it's a radio show and I'll tell a story tomorrow. And it turns out I really like that. And I would not have known if I didn't just say, fuck it, I'll try it. Yeah, we had we had no idea. I mean, it's obviously, you know, kind of the same things ring true. I'll, I'll go on streaks where I get like super creative and I'll throw out like these guys. The, my poor my poor friends have to deal with me throwing 95 ideas in the group chat like what about this what about this will this work will this work and meanwhile everybody's like holy crap guy can you calm down and just put it in notes and then send us all one big note tomorrow i i had no idea that i would i would be because i'm not like a creative person or i haven't been until we started doing this you found a thing that you're passionate about everybody yeah. is creative it's just like it's like people that are depressed. Uh, I mean, so someone told me, one of my therapists, like, if I gave you a million dollars to be happy tomorrow, would you be happy all day tomorrow? I'd be like, yeah, of course I would be. He said, well, then that means you can be happy all day tomorrow. You're just, you're just choosing not to be. I'm like, well, you know, so little things like that. It's just, if you can remember those, that's my only problem. I feel like I've been <laughs> so much that I forget those at, at, at <laughs> crucial times. Yeah, it's, it's uh, my my face looks the way that it does right now, which is uh, crappy from rolling this morning with a, with a bunch of people. But I always tell uh, you know people I'm teaching in jujitsu at the unit and stuff. I'm like, hey, it's you're you're good. You know all these moves. You can't think about them in the moment though. You have that one momentary pause where you're like, where is my hand supposed to go? And then you just get tuned up immediately. It's the same. Let sort me of ask thing. you this: Do you do jujitsu? With with any ever with training of the idea of somebody could grab your gun or that you have a gun while you're doing jujitsu? Absolutely. So I'm a special operations combatives program instructor as well, and it focuses specifically on jujitsu interwoven into small teams meant to go into rooms. So weapon retention, a lot of the stuff that we were doing when you were in Albuquerque with Greg Jackson and Keith yeah. Jardine, a lot of that stuff. We uh, I've, I've been an instructor in Sock P since uh, 2012. So like, if you have somebody, because if it's more than one person. And you know jujitsu, you don't want to like get to your back, right? Or do you? No, absolutely not. No. You got to stay up, right? Yeah, you stay up. You transition to your tools. You protect yourself. You work as a team. You fix the problem violently, and you move on. Is there ever time for armbars in real war? I mean, for style <laughs> points. I've always wanted style, to ask that. There you go. Style points, baby. I mean, I'm not going to go for a submission. I'm going to transition to something. If they put their hands on me, if they're a threat, then you have to handle them as if they're trying to kill you. So yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw an arm bar on somebody or like, arm bar would be like step like a hundred well, after you're like out of ammo, out of everything else. All your teammates are gone. Here's what, you know, here's, here's what I want to say. It's like a finishing move. <laughs> here's what I want to say. <laughs> if, if, and I'm not saying this has ever happened, but if <laughs> an arm bar were to happen for me, I would be doing it solely to talk shit in the team room when we got home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did you see me arm bar that guy? <laughs> that is not the preferred method. It's like in Mortal Kombat, we're like, finish him, and that's your finishing move, <laughs> right. just to show off. Yeah, like Aaron's, Aaron's good at Darce joke, so he didn't need to, but he Darce joke that guy, you know, like, yeah. whatever. That's and then we shot my wife, like, jujitsu, her learning arm bars and shit. I'm like, somebody, a man can still be angry and still throw the other arm. Like, you need to get, you yeah. need to get the artery. You need his brain to shut off. There you go. So, I, I think that's, that is one thing that everybody on here is, is fairly passionate about is fighting, you know, like. Like Aaron said, he's jujitsu. I like to scrap, and you know Brian is—it's in his blood not to bring up that stuff. <laughs> but um, but like, where did where did that juice come from for fighting? Was it? Do you find do you get the juice more from being hit, or do you get the juice more from knocking people out? It's it's from getting hit for sure. It's so Amen, sad, brother. <laughs> yeah. So sad. I, I know some people think that I really love inflicting damage only because I just heard Joe Rogan say it once about me to somebody else. And I was like, when I first started training, I, st- I trained with a guy who was 
a really mean boxing coach, and he told me that's you punch each other to to knock each other out. That's how you fight. So I didn't know any better. And now that I know about brain injuries and stuff, like I don't do that as much. But yeah, for sure, the thing that originally uh, got me to be addicted to it was uh, one, I don't mind it, and also I feel like you I immediately receive street cred from like bigger fighter guys who crack me, and I'd be like, and you walk through and it, and they're like. Not most people don't do that. Just so you know, like, <laughs> most people have a different reaction <laughs> to get cracked them. in the fucking head like that. And I was like, so it's good, right? And they're like, yeah. So then I feel like that. I'm like, I've got a thing that I can use here. You know, I, I have toughness. I have. I just put in more effort. I think it's like a a normal person. I hate saying that, but <laughs> I, I got my blue belt once when I rolled with a dude who was a brown belt, and I just kept submitting him. And then afterwards he said, yeah, well, I'm a brown belt in a gi anyway. And I was like, I, I don't even know why he said that. And then my, and my coach gave me my blue belt the next day. I'll never forget it. But he, I kept thinking he knew more than me, but he just didn't have – like when I when I roll, even if it's, it's always for play, but if we're rolling and you catch me in something, I'm not giving up. Like I'm going to fucking figure out a way to get out of it. And I think right. – some people have that. I'm going to work today after this, and I have, I I will fucking die <laughs> before I fucking lose this right now. <laughs> and then afterwards, I can still go to work on a Tuesday. It doesn't have to be. I have no job. This is my livelihood. It's just it means more. Every everything means more. I love the way that you're phrasing it right now because that just transfers into every single thing that we preach on like the previous episodes, just going a hundred percent in like whatever the next step is, this is what's in front of me right now. hundred percent. I'm going to freaking take this dude out because this dude's in front of me and then whatever I have lunch after with whoever I'm going to drink some coffee or whatever. You're in the wrong but game. This is what I'm focused on. Any other yeah. way than that. You know, it can't, it has to be, the whole thing has to be good for you. You can't feel uncomfortable about it. It's got to be, you love it. You look forward to it. That's the best yeah. guy. That's the most dangerous guy. The one that's like, you know what I think about when we're not fighting, fighting, fighting. You know what I'm going to do after after some of my friends try to strangle me to death in this padded room? I'm going to have lunch and think about my afternoon striking session. <laughs> it's yeah, hundred percent. And then you go into it you know, like every single thing that you do, like you did with the skateboarding and the the jump. I was going to say earlier, like you know your willingness to just. Screw it. I'll freaking do it. What do you want me to do? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds safe enough. And that just distinguishes you from 99% of the population just saying, screw it. I'll just do this thing. And I'm passionate about this. It sounds like fun. Let's go have a good time. Yeah. Look, I feel like you guys have this this thing in common with me and it, mine's a pussy version, but I have like a heart problem. I've had little <laughs> things where I felt that maybe I'm not going to be around as long as the average person uh, I've definitely had little things where I'm like, oh, wow, it's going to happen today. Fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> so those things never have left my mind. You have a different, more heroic version of that. But I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. So I'm not fucking playing. Like, I, like whatever I can do, I'm going to do it 100,000%. And I think everybody would if they thought their fucking tomorrow is not free. Like, you're not gonna, maybe you don't get tomorrow. How would you go about this next thing that you're going to do to that's how to me because i'm older and i'm i get sore and it's harder <laughs> to stay motivated but i also feel like you don't even know dude you might have like three years or something or maybe i have six maybe i have a whole bunch but to me i just don't 
I don't, I'm not going to regret anything. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a hundred percent on everything I do. Cause when I go, the second I go right before I go, I'll know. You know what I mean? Like you fucking lived dude harder than everybody. And you've accomplished a lot. You're very proud. Your kids are great. You know what I mean? See you later. That's how I want to go. I want to go laughing. I don't want to go crying to mama. I want to go like, relax everybody. If you fucking enjoy yourselves, you know, it's fucking been yeah. sweet. That's all. You know, I feel like there's still plenty of work for me to do before I get to that. So hundred percent. And you've made us like, uh, we were talking before the show, you've made us laugh a lot. Aaron and I, um, you know, just have a lot of distinct memories of when we were going through our element leader upgrade, they, they flew us out to Vegas and we did a bunch of stuff with helicopters and other planes and jumping and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in the midst of everything, once, um, we were done with our training and we can go home, get in the car and listen to your show. Um, you know, we have distinct memories of just listening to you and then laughing our asses off at all the stuff that you were talking about back in, uh, 2009, 10, that time frame and everything like that. Um, so you <laughs> basically your wolf knife laser torch story. Um, I was wow. kind of back in those days <laughs> about sorry, that. I, and I then love that story so much. <laughs> I just would, realized yeah. how much funnier it is to you guys. I just realized well, that. Right well, now. no, because we would fucking quote it. We would quote it sitting at work. We'd be like, and the beast, it was just a mama, mama pigeon. She wanted to live a life. And we, it would, we would be on the range shooting guns or like doing high adrenaline stuff. And Brian would look at me and be like, this baby pigeon just wanted to live a life. And there I was. And now, and now, like the funniest moment, I re-listened to it. The funniest moment was, I think, it, I think it was Tully. And Tully was like, what did you have to do? Did you have to raise its babies now because you took it out? I lost it. It was the funniest <laughs> thing for me. Oh, man. That was an emotional. <laughs> it was a journey, my friend. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things that came out of that whole entire thing is, you know, you started building your tribe of people. Like you mentioned in the beginning, you were doing the skateboarding thing and you kind of found your purpose and found people that were pushing you to be better. And you push yourself to be better because of that, because you're around these people that were just consistently better and that kind of stuff. And now you've built the um, your own tribe and your own following of people that you've affected in a big way, even though, you know, like we were talking earlier, you don't may not know it because you don't meet these people in person, but Aaron was talking, you know, he feels like he knows you and all that kind of stuff because you put yourself out there and you put your real thoughts out there. You don't hold back. Jason Ellis is Jason Ellis, whether we're talking right now or when you're listening to the show and everything like that. Um, so what do you think, um, you know, people can do as far as finding their own tribe, building their own kind of tribe, what pushed you to continue to do that and build the wolf knife tribe, so to speak. That is an accident. <laughs> that is. Um, I thought, as I said, that I found my calling and I'm good at radio, so I'm going to put a lot of effort into it. And I, and I found a passion. The fans response. I didn't plan on that. So when that came, that was like a, a deal sealer for me because now I've got a purpose. Like I, I mean something to somebody. People think that I help them through their day. Like people have said that I've, you know, I've got them off heroin and they've named children after me. And like these things, it, those ones don't go to my head. It's more like, you know, you weren't, everyone thought you were such a shit. You ain't, you wasn't going to be anybody, you know, you weren't, you're just a shithead skateboarder that loves skateboarding and you were a funny guy. I'll give you that. But I don't recall anybody ever thinking, you know, this, this guy, Jason's always out to, help his fellow man you know like i'm not i'm all about me man like 
fucking let's get some drugs and some chicks and fucking party. You know, like that's not I'm not a great guy. I'm not a bad guy, but I'm not like some honorable dude. And I now I feel like, you know, I help people in the gay community. I help people that are bi come out, people that are uh, suicidal. I've helped thousands of people that are suicidal that have said, I was going to do it until I talked to you or until I heard this or until you reached out. And I keep doing those all the time. Sometimes they're, you know I mean? It, it, it's not as bad as it was or sometimes it is. So to me, it's, it's so, that was the thing that made me cry the most about the Sirius XM show. Cause I just thought you owe all these people and now you, you're not there. You know what I mean? Like you left them. Man, well, yeah, they have nowhere to go. Man, I got rid of my. I sent you a message. I got rid of my serious that day. It was over. Yeah, like man, you were the only reason I had it. Been in that message. Hey, man, I I don't <laughs> care. Like that's that's what it is. I'll vote with my wallet, and I'm I'm glad that you're that you're back, and you know, hear it from me. It from works out, man. It's gonna be better because I'm already the show's better. It's easy to do. It's more fun to do. I got a show with Tony Hawk. A show with Ellen Joban coming out. My own solo show. So there's four shows. <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm out there like I'm going to Vegas this weekend to fucking go flying through a, a, a wall of fire in a speedo to promote <laughs> the podcast. You don't know about this shit. That's fantastic. <laughs> you guys are gonna oh. love this. So check it out. <laughs> I was gonna do this fucking stunt before the pandemic, right? I was gonna get a pink girl's bike and I was gonna get towed through a wall of fire, like a Barbie bike. Like yeah, because yeah, sm- one time, long story, I, I stopped my friend stole a girl's pink bike. Because it was raining and we were lo- the train stopped and police arrested us. It's stupid, but I thought it'd be funny to ride a pink bike through this fire. I was talked to stunt coordinators at Hoonigan Fire Department. It was going to be about twenty grand, so I was looking for sponsors. <laughs> now pandemic hits, so that's fucking gone. Then I lose my job, so all those things are out the window. And then I th- and then I say to myself, how hard can it be to make? this wall of fire. And like I said before, if you're a go for it kind of guy, you'll be all right. Like I think anyone that hesitates going through a wall of fire, maybe you'll get burnt, but I fucking won't. I'm going straight <laughs> through it. I know I'm going through So it's going to be fine. So I get this, I, I ask people and they're like, dude, you know, stunt coordinators. And I was like, I do. And he's like, yeah, man, the guy in Hawaii that you talked to, like this friend of mine, he's like, he's stunt coordinator for uh, John Wick. And I'm like, what? So I call him. <laughs> I bet he knows how to jump through a wall of fire on a Barbie bike. He get calls me. He goes. <laughs> the speed is the problem. He get in, like we go back and forth a little bit, and he goes, uh, "You know, I can get you the you know the grease. I can get these guys will fly in." I go, "Oh no, man, I'm I'm just doing this like with nobody illegally in the desert where nobody <laughs> like somebody knows a spot where you can have a huge bonfire and the cops don't come. So it's oh my kind God. of a one shot deal." It's kind and of that's it. He goes, I, I'm calling all my friends in Vegas. You're gonna have a rescue team on standby. Like, really, I might need it because I, if they don't get, I was trying to get a Are dirt you? bike to tow me, and if I can't get a dirt bike to tow me, then I'm just gonna get on the hood of my Jeep and I'm gonna get my wife to drive <laughs> real fast at the wall Listen. and then hit the brakes. And I'm going to jump through and I do like a, a karate pose through. I know a whole team of PJs right now that I'm going to text after this. That they, they will be there off duty. They might not tell anybody, but they will be there. What do you just call them? A PJ? We're PJ. Yeah. So I'm a PJ, a para rescue man. Ooh. 
pants. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound that fancy. It sounds like pajamas, I know. Uh, but really? You don't have I to embellish. Fancy. <laughs> hey, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Those guys coming. Yeah, that sounds pretty special. I told Corey Taylor he might come out and watch, but I got to oh. get um, a dirt bike to tow me through this wall of fire. And I got to find balsa wood. Apparently, balsa wood is very hard to find. I didn't know that. So I might have to use some other wood. It's going to get sketchy. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm so far out of my depth. I don't have any wood recommendations for you, my dude. Like, you're going to set some stuff on fire and jump through it. Like- well, the guy said to me, the stunt guy goes, I go, he goes, uh, you got a fire suit? And I go, I got a race suit. He's like, yeah, that'll do. And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, but I, I want to go through in a Speedo. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're going to have to go pretty fast if you're going to be in a Speedo. And I was like, how fast? He's like, 35? I was like, no problem. <laughs> so that's the deal. Done 35 on a bike. I'm holding on the BMX behind. I let go. Bike goes out of the way. And then, boom, through the wall of fire. And then uh, all the video goes on the podcast to promote the podcast. The videos go out. Whoa, what's this guy doing? Wall of fire guy podcast, you say? I got to download that. And then the photo... I'm going to sign photos and give the photo, like a poster signed, and all the money goes to uh, the to Tony Hawk Foundation, so I build skate parks, paying it back. Hell yeah. We'll keep our eye out and definitely post our, as much as we can, you know? We're going to watch that as much as we can and then get some dudes out there to help you out. Um, <laughs> I want to switch gears. Dudes. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need those two. Um, Apparently, there's so one I guy switch- for, uh, he know, somebody that I know that knows a guy from the fire department who's gonna be there with a fire extinguisher. So it is Perfect. pretty covered. <laughs> that sounds like you yeah, know what? Like, this got, risk yeah, at least works one out. fire extinguisher. I mean, there's only gonna be one guy on fire. How many extinguishers do you need? <laughs> just, just as long as he's not wearing Pointed a speedo. Pointed at the guy in the speedo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mission so, approved. You know, with all the things that you've done, I think we were talking a little bit earlier with all about this kind of thing, but um, the successful times that you've had and everything like that, um, I'm sure you've had your fair share of haters. And I just mentioned this because we were talking a little bit, little bit about it earlier, and I get this question all the time of uh, kids that are like 17, 18, and they're like, none of my friends want to hang out with me because I started doing this thing and I started working out all the time and I started making myself better and dedicating myself to this passion that I have of getting in the career field and, you know, becoming a PJ, CCT, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've just found that my friends are kind of not kind of turning their backs on me and the people that I've known for a long time. Uh, How would you say people should deal with that? Fuck them. Fuck everybody, man. Everybody is a loser. And the sooner you wake up and get your shit together, the sooner everything is, is, is uh, ready for you to take because most people quit. Most people think about starting something, quit. Most people find something hard and they quit when it starts to get too hard. So if you're not that person – you immediately are up in the, like, to me, I'm like, if you're a nice person and you never fucking give up and everybody sees that for your whole track record of life, it's free. The life, the world is your oyster. Like you can have whatever you want in it. So to me, look, when you get up there and you're successful, then it's different. I don't believe in like, oh, that guy's a fucking loser. Fuck him. I'm not hanging out with him. I would like to try and help that guy. Maybe give him some words of encouragement so he could flip it around. But when you're down here on your way up, and like you don't fit in good fitting in like fuck that man like 
when like being like friends with everybody who all has their smartphone like uh, Snapchat links, great. I'm over <laughs> here fucking lifting weights the whole time, doing shit. So then we meet in the fucking real world, and I'm a goddamn powerhouse, and you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Because you didn't fucking get your shit together. So, yeah, I would never, like, it's it's not easy. It's a lonely road to be good at things. Like, people that think, like, you know, all my friends are going to come and we're all going to be good. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, nope. it's probably going to be the one that never stops going. Like, you just got to keep working. And the, the lonely work is better. Like, to me, I feel like when you put in that work where you're completely alone and nobody cares and you might not know if this is going to be like help you at all, that's what a fucking, that's what a winner is. The lonely that's, work is better. Congratulations. You just made a One's Ready t-shirt. Oh, yeah? That shit's going down. <laughs> we literally, we take, uh, other than, you know, we say, um, you know, Brian says burn the boats um, for his project and for our project. We say uh, earn each breath is our thing like hey you want to earn each and every breath but we've actually taken quotes from from guests that come on that hit us with something guess what my friend you just made it limited limited release shirt i'll make sure to send it to you yeah, make sure a large thank you i <laughs> got you yeah, uh, i gotta say <clears throat> listen to you talk about going through that wall of fire all i can think of and and, and knowing your background just a little bit <laughs> it's, it's so happening to me, in my brain, it's just automatically like Phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Like you, you were, you were there, you were on top, but like you know, you got fire and you got flying and all those things, and you're like coming back with the podcast after like the whole serious thing went down. Yep, like that. That is just like to me. All I saw was the Phoenix rising from the Same ashes. It. So he understand. He totally gets it. That's what it is. What a second. Yeah, Did he realize what it is? I didn't know until you explained it to me. <laughs> Yeah, but you made it. It's I the just Phoenix saw rising. It. That's what this fucking thing is. I'm going to be rising into the podcast world. Oh my I'm god! Fucking fire in an American flag speedo, fucking <laughs> charging through it. That's my only problem, man. Like going through it on a BMX, I feel like I should do something when I hit it. You know, man, I should, like <laughs> like a karate kick. I don't like know, man. I just feel like it's not enough. Like what else? Can <laughs> How I is do? it not enough? It's a flaming wall. You're wearing a speedo. You're riding a Barbie bike. What else? Thirty five miles an hour. <laughs> Thirty five yeah, like, miles an hour, Jason. Is that quick on a bicycle? Bro, it's quick <laughs> in a car. Can you run thirty five miles an hour? Nah, you can't. Right? What are you like fifteen or something? What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> it's what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> If you come out of a helicopter that's going faster than 10 knots and you hit the water when you jump out of it, it's there's concrete. a huge difference between 10, 15, and 20 knots. It, and that's 15 You, miles you an feel hour. that speed. Yeah. It, it does not feel good. Yeah, I jumped out of speedboat before doing, I think, 70. <laughs> Jeez, dude. So I get that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny until I did that. That wasn't fucking funny. <laughs> no, it was not. It's concrete. <laughs> Yeah. And then all you had was a speedo after that. Fairly no, I had a wetsuit on and that still fucking hurt like shit. So <laughs> Jeez. fuck that. But that had an outboard what? speedo that did uh like ninety-eight miles an hour. So Dang. one time I jumped out doing about that 70. <laughs> I like thought that. I was gonna I was like, we'll get we'll progressively get faster. <laughs> and then yeah, that was enough. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's not cool. I had a vest a vest and a wetsuit too. Oh okay. still fucking wrecked me <laughs> you must have gone 50 meters before you even went subsurface you know yeah, what i mean that's like, the thing because i used to have barefoot ski when i was a kid so that was the i figured i could just go bizz, 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 bizz. but even that bizz, 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 whoop, when the bit caught me <laughs> fuck <laughs> dude like <laughs> just like this fucking <laughs> neck ripping bullshit yeah i did not think Jesus. that was gonna happen too i was like kind of relaxed <laughs> it was a bad idea 
Well, yeah. Well, getting back to the wall, another thing about the wall is you've gone through, I don't know how many walls in your life. Apparently, you've had near-death experiences. You've had all these other things. You went out to America five different times before you were successful or making money skateboarding. What is it about you that makes you, like, where does that work ethic come from and, and that drive to just keep going and going and going? And and can you can you cultivate that in a person that it's not like a natural thing? It's a weird thing, man, because I was kind of lazy, you know, lazy at anything I don't like. I'm pretty lazy at, you know, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I used to work as a courier and boy, was I bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, boy, I was not, boy, I was not good at that. I was I'm not just set saying, up for being like, a courier. I feel like I'm one of the worst employees you could ever have. If I don't, <laughs> I mean, I worked in a supermarket. I was bad. <laughs> but if I love it. I don't know. I really, I've honestly, if I had to pick, I would say it's a childhood thing, man. I feel like there's like a, you know, I haven't completely unpeeled all the layers, but nobody thought I was going to amount to shit. Everybody, even if they didn't, that's what I thought. And I think there's a drive there to keep proving them wrong. You know, like, I feel like this is the biggest fuck you. My existence is a giant finger at all those people that were, you know, and you should probably give up. Or he did arrive for a bit of a drip, like just little things that I knew that some people in my family thought about me. And then also in skateboarding, man, I acted like such a fucking train wreck that it wasn't <laughs> offensive. People were like, fucking, you know, you probably pack T-shirts when you're older if you're lucky. And that's funny, but it's also true. Yeah. But, but something, I mean, you know, my brother passed away and my father passed away in the same year right when uh, – I was transitioning from Tony Hawk's show to doing the Jason Ellis show. And my brother was 24 when he died and he wanted to go to America and he wanted to, you know, he wanted to be a pro snowboarder. And he was the closest thing I had as a, as a relative. He was the person I was the tightest with. So when that happened, that fucking that, and my father passing away the same year, it fucked me. Yeah. But it also, but that's my thing. I think I, when things get really bad for me, I'm a fighter, man. Like if you if you try to kill me, I fucking I fight. Like I I I get real motivated, and it's it's back on. I don't even know who it's on against. I just know that if if you're coming to me, it's fucking on. Like uh, I I well, I'll die. Like well, I'll die for the radio. I'll fucking die. Like I got a stupid mind of. I'm loyal to myself or I don't even know who I'm loyal to, but I'm a, I'm, I'm uh, you will not stop me. You will not fuck. What do you mean? You're trying to stop me. That triggers everything in my, in all my bones. I'm like, you're not, Absolutely. no one's going to ever stop me. I'm going to shine. I'm going to keep shining. I'm going to shine for my brother who doesn't get to see any of this shit. My brother knows who Tony Hawk is. My brother knows, you know what I mean? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne knows me and my brother if he had known that you know <laughs> there's these things that i keep accomplishing that i know i don't believe if you can see me or not i just know that 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 fuels me which means the pain from my childhood fueled the power to stay, stay in skateboarding and then i got a new it's lucky but unlucky by the time i was 40 i realized my father molested me and then i wasn't talking to my family in australia anymore because they were like really and i'm like yeah so then I'm yeah, like yeah. completely family, like another shock. But it's again, it's a shock that makes me like, what are you going to do? Like do heroin and give up or fucking go. 
So right, I just right. always go. I just always, you know, I'm potentially a depressed motherfucker, but I just, I, I won't give up. Like if I killed myself, I'd give up. If I, if I stopped trying, I'd, that would mean I gave up. And I, I just know, I believe in me. I know just, you just keep going, Jason, it'll work out. And so we, I just we, never we, stop. Yeah. We try to tell that to people that we talk to all the time. Like, listen, no one is allowed to tell you no, but new. People ask us, do you think I can make it? Do you think I'm going to be able to make it through this? I tell them the same thing all the time. I don't know. Can you? That's your decision. It's no one else's decision. And that's. I feel like you won't know. Like if you're having a bad time, you're in a bad pocket. You won't know if there's a good, a good pocket coming next if you take yourself out. So to me, just as soon as bad times can come, well, that means just as soon good times can come. So I may as well hang out, you know, like may as well stay around. I, I just feel like, because I've been there, man, where I just don't have anything to be happy about in my life. But you just keep searching, you know, you just keep searching, just keep, and, and, and it turns around because I'm here. It turned around, you know, like I've definitely spent a lot of years being super fucking dark, man. Like I'm so happy I didn't have social media when I was, like if you had heard what was in here when I was 17, oh my God, dude. I was yeah. dark as fuck. So... It's just don't give up. That's my thing. I just, I just know because I know. As I said, the skateboarding thing taught me you're not talented. You have no gifts in skateboarding whatsoever, and you were top three in the world. The top three in the world came from here, man. I don't fucking give up. I try. I want to make it so much more than you want to make it, and that's how I made it. And it's not from a book. I lived it. So once you know that, then then the radio or podcasting or whatever it is that is next on the table. I know one way, you know, I know one way to get it. So I usually use that. Now I have finesse with radio and uh, uh, corporate people in my life and, uh, you know, civilians, people that you don't just talk to like you fucking talk to to other people. So I've got that in me now where I can be like, yes, sir, that sounds great. And we should definitely, I don't have to go, oh, fucking, you know, sounds good, cunt. Like I can, I can, I can weave, I can weave through everybody now and, and if you do something wrong i'm like hey man like maybe we can figure out a way to do that better not ah you fucking idiot because that's how i used to talk to myself and you can't do that to some people some people find that to not help them do better that's what i've <laughs> learned <laughs> telling everybody that they're the dumbest piece of shit in existence for some weird reason doesn't make them do better work so i've, I've learned to steer that out of my life so I, I get closer every every day to being a little bit more content and easier to deal with and, and more masterful at how to achieve shit. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. I, I think just to take it back a little bit, I think one of the things that we have in common community-wise is a, a, a shared uh, perspective when it comes to our own mortality. And when you come out the other side of that, living for something that's a little bit bigger than yourself is a, is pretty pretty incredible and motivating. Have it because it's 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 a it's a without the pain or or, or, to, or the fear of knowing how bad things can be, you, you can't appreciate the little things as much. You know, like a day, your kids, food, things that you know, sun, sunrises and shit. Like things are not the same as they used to be to me. You know, like I used to take that yeah. shit for granted. And now I feel like I'm fortunate if I see a good sunset. What the fuck happened to me? You know? 
yeah, I used to hear my dad say that a lot, and I was like, "Why do you, why do you care about that?" But it's one of the things I remember about for the rest of my life because you know he kind of told me about that thing, and I've been, learned to appreciate that kind of thing too. Um, but talking about your kids, um, you also have a couple of teenagers, and um, you know you're balancing all these other things that you're doing in life. Um, how do you maintain that balance? Uh, my 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 ex handles. You know, she's a really good mother very sensible person, very grounded. So between her and my wife, you know, my wife is obviously a lot more free spirited and, and, uh, you know, spent a lot of times being a rebel herself. So my daughter, if there's anything a little edgy, she could probably go to her about it. You know, like her father is obviously a maniac, uh, but they know that their father loves them and, I think they're more worried about people doing something to them because they know what I'll do to them if they do, if anybody does anything. <laughs> like, I feel like if anybody starts probably talking probably. shit to my kids, they're like, dad, please don't. I'm like, what? I didn't even do anything. Cause it's, cause they would rather somebody call them a, a fucking idiot than me hear somebody call them a fucking idiot. But I'd like, so they're, they're very loved and they're very, uh, they're good kids, man. They got a, you know, they're, they're, you know, they, they already know about, you know, my, my, my daughter is, uh, she loves everybody, gay, straight, you know, she's black friends and, and she's more about, um, everybody getting along together and, you know, there's nothing bitchy about her. She doesn't like get catty or call this person anything. And same with my son, they just seem like good people, man. So it's humbling, that's all it? I care about, you know, I don't, I don't want my kids to be me. I got my son doesn't want to skate. Great. Don't, I don't care. Like, don't do whatever you do. What you live your fucking life. If you need any help, I'm there. But I'm also not like, you need to fucking be a motocross. I don't, 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 don't be famous, dude. It's bullshit. Like, go get a fuck, get some good friends. Like, get us, you know what I mean? Get an education and and, uh, find a job that you have fun doing. And if you need any help, I'm there all day. That's it. So it's not. They're not, you know, I mean, they don't have problems like I do. Like they, they got little things here and there. Like, oh, they're people who mean, all right, you know, what I mean, I got little emotional things in my life, but they're never, like, I've never seen my daughter just be pissed for three years, you know? Right. So yeah. it's no, I, I feel uh, great every time I talk to my, they make me feel good because I'm like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm like, Thank hey, goodness. how's you reading them? Like, yeah, I can read them. Like, fuck, all right. <laughs> it's like, uh, remember, remember uh, the movie. Forrest Gump when Forrest finds out that he had a baby yes. with that lady and he asks <laughs> yeah. if they're stupid like him and he's so happy with her not it does good at school I'm like thank fucking god oh my goodness <laughs> I have a 15 year old daughter and it's the same sort of thing like her grace her ability to work with the other kids th- the way that she's inclusive without I, I didn't teach her that I, I don't yeah, you know well maybe I did but it was it's one of those things where you described it perf- like perfectly it's, it's you're so proud that they're the best parts of you and none of the bad parts of you. And I think it's because you look inside and you're like, I know what kind of darkness I have and I know the problems that I've dealt with, but thank goodness they don't have any of these. They're out there and they're, they're just good people. Right. I've said that to them, you know, like, I'm, you know, cause my daughter thinks she's kind of gangster and I'm like, you know, you're not, you're not really that gangster. Yeah. You know, you know, none of, none of us really are. Like, I know you think you might be a little bit hood because your dad's from Australia and he talks, he cusses a lot. He's got a lot of tattoos. You could probably say, 
you know, he did this and that when he was a youngster. But I'm like, you know, shit happened to me that's not fucking gangster at all. And I'd rather take it away. If you could erase it, I'd be totally down for that. And then you can not know me as like whatever the fuck this thing is. I'm like, it's not a thing to be proud of. So I think them knowing that as well, like I feel like they're, because a lot of white kids want to be something they're not. And I'm like, it's not, you know, you should just be happy with what you are and you should be so appreciative of where you are because I don't know a luckier kid. I yeah, just yeah. don't. You know, maybe I, maybe uh, like Ken Block's kids might be luckier than you or fucking, <laughs> like I'm talking about like J-Lo's kids might be luckier than you. That's about <laughs> it. Like you're, you live yeah. like, you live a great life. Like if you want shoes, you get shoes whenever you want. Any food you want, you can have it. Like your your life, fuck your life. Like I feel like he's got like things where I'm like, man, that used to be for Christmas, not just like Tuesday. Right. right. Yeah. Fucking Yeezys. You need new Yeezys. Shit. It's, it's, it's Tuesday. Yeah, like, all kind, he's got all there. kinds of Yeezys. Dude's an asshole. Yeah. I think that also it kind of gets hard for, um, you know, when I was younger, I felt like I needed to prove myself in some way and do something that was mine. Like, you know, that I can own at the end of the day. And when I was, you know, 50 or however old I ended up being when I died, I could look back and be like, look at all this crap that I did. Just like, you know, you have that wall behind you and you're able to say, look at all these things that I did. And, uh, I think that's kind of what everyone is searching for. Just like, you know, we don't know what we're going to do. We all get to ask that question in high school. What are you going to do when you grow up? And we're like, I have no idea. I'm going to, I never thought I was going to say, I'm going to do a podcast and talk to people and, you know, same kind of thing with you. And, you know, everyone's trying to search for that thing that makes them feel like they're making a difference in the world. Yeah, no, because it's really fulfilling. It's like the greatest thing you've ever had in your life. I've got all of them. And I can tell you that's the best one. I got all the money. I go, hey, hey, man, you're you. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, me. That's awesome. (laughs) Like the first couple of times that happens, that's awesome, man. But it's not as awesome as knowing that you fucking really helped a real human from doing your, like, your jokey shit or telling your life story. It's it means more than all of it by far. Yeah. And even through all that, you've had a couple friends. I think we mentioned them earlier. Um, Kevin Kraft and Tolly that have been close to you for a long time. And I'm sure you guys have had your, um, you know, fights or whatever along the, along the way where you just kind of like butt heads and you're figuring stuff out. You know, we've done the same thing. (laughs) We've done the same thing. Like on deployments month two, you're like, I'm so sick of hearing this dude in my ear. Imagine how they feel. Like when you're sick of hearing somebody, imagine this. Oh man, nobody hates me on this podcast more than I hate me. (laughs) So what are some of the things, you know, um, we have guys that are in the most stressful point in their lives because they're going through selection and they're trying to figure out where they fit on this team of people that, you know, their best best friend friend just quit quit, and then they're trying to power through and they're sick of the team leader or whoever barking orders at them, that kind of stuff. stuff. What would you say that, uh, really kept kept you guys together and, uh, Help you, you get, get over, over those, those little, little problems, problems Dad. I mean, we owe it to everybody. What the fuck? Like, we're going to get pissy and quit? I just thought how big the show is and how important the show is. I, well, I'd like, what is this thing that is making us break up? It better be a really big deal, you know? I feel like if it got to the point where I didn't want to be there anymore, which has happened, I've felt times before where... I no longer continue, wanted to continue the show because of how stupid I felt some of the people on the show had become. 
And look, Raw Dog left, and at one point, I was like, good fucking riddance. Like, your whole drama that you brought on me for years, it was uncalled for, you know? But I handled it incorrectly. I got angry a hundred times at him. I should have just walked away. should have just ended it years ago because it got people get a little bit of attention, and it does strange things to people, man. So there has been egos that have had to 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 be squashed but the biggest one really was mine you know what i mean i think the show got way better easier to be around when i gave up on uh the fact that uh, i believe that i knew everything and you should all just listen to me because i got us here and i'm gonna get us everywhere else i'm i'm the guy you know what i mean just just don't try to do anything that I'm not telling you to do. If you do, you're a fucking idiot. And I just gave up on myself. I just gave up on the ego of it because I thought you have to have this ego. Like, you know, I mean, I was Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor, man. I was telling people on the radio I was going to be the fucking next big thing way before fucking McGregor ever showed up. Way before. And, and you were right. Because it works, dude. Because it works. Yep. But it's also, like Conor McGregor, fucking intolerable. People find you intolerable. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I had totally, to figure yeah. out a yeah. way to be tolerable and so to me in my mind yeah i'm the fucking best there ever was when it comes to talking in a microphone you will fucking never beat me ever like if there was a talking race i'm fucking carl lewis <laughs> <laughs> talking. But, there, but but on the radio like we're all as good as each other and we're all doing this together and the show is the Jason L show. Without one of them, it's not the Jason L show. And I want those guys to know that they are appreciated. So I don't, I no longer have rants about how fucking shit hot I am. Uh, I, but they're in here. Trust me. I still got a little anthem going. That's just solid team <laughs> leadership. That's all it is. You, you said the exact same thing that every special operations team leader has said since the beginning of special operations. You found a way to put your ego aside for a bigger mission, and you're successful now because you, you realize the value of the entire team and not the value of the individual parts. And it worked. The show got better immediately. Like, I think as soon as they really believed that I, my story was indeed a true story, that I had no longer care for my ego to be a part of this fucking show, the, immediately everybody got along better. Did The only thing I will say is, this is, this is from experience too, uh, letting people like, hey, it's all ours, let's all commute equally. It's sometimes you, 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 you let them in and they just take the whole fucking thing. So there was a couple of times there where I was like, look, it is, it is ours, but you know, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing that <laughs> right, yeah. and I'm not fucking doing that. All right. Certain <laughs> yeah. things I'm just not going to fucking do because I don't think you really know what you're talking about when it comes to this one. I'm going to stick with my one. So those ones were usually okay when it came to Tully and Kevin, but Andrew definitely never took that. He wanted to be the alpha. He wanted to run the show. I knew it from the start, and I knew it was a bad. I knew it was a bad mix. But when you're in this, you you make the best with what you've got. You know, like I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not a guy that's like get him out of here. I was just like we're doing. You know, the, he does do great work, but we do butt heads a lot, and I don't like being around him 
but it's <laughs> but it's but it's not that bad. Like I don't hate the guy. I just am right. like wow, opposite, you know. And and I made this by myself. That's a fact. It's not like a f- mystery. It's a fact. And you're not the boss. I am. And if and if and if you are, then how much longer do I have to be here? Because what the fuck is with this guy <laughs> that's telling everybody that he's running the show? That's how yeah. I felt. Like I was like. If, if, do you want him to fucking turn the mic on? Because I can leave, and then we'll see who's running the fucking show. But it got it got weird. I hate it. Man. I hate <laughs> it. Get a little bit weird when he got the, he got like, fired for a better job at Sirius without telling us and moved up. I didn't mind. The only thing I mind was he's now in charge of our channel, and I don't think he likes me, so I don't think he's going to help us. That's what I thought. I'm also very paranoid. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. That's uh, so solid. he might not have been like that at all. But that's what I thought. It's not paranoia if you end up being right. I'll just put that out there. Well, in the end, I don't want to get into too much, but some people knew that we were going, and they didn't say anything. I'm just saying. So I'm just saying. Yeah, mm. no, it's just planning, planning, and knowing people, and having good situational awareness as well. So, right as. But you're you've got you're in this thing where you guys have each other and you guys are for the same good, like you guys are you you all do good work you all live, you know you all you're all working together as a as a way more crucial team where there's nowhere if you did way better than him all of a sudden you get way more like I don't I feel like it Hollywood's a pissing contest like I feel like a lot of people end up thinking, well, how much does he get? Well, then I should get this of this. And I'm like, man, you know, you guys don't ever look at it like that. So that when you cut that bit out, because it becomes childish. There's, there's, there was, there was spouts that were childish because of that, you know, because we weren't real friends. We were career, like we are, like the rest of the show, we are, but some people were, it's a career stepping stone. No, and I'm not offended by it. The show's big. Be the producer. Get your name up and then go further up the chain. Congratulations. Put your fucking foot on my face. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm glad I could boost you up there. But yeah. I, like, just as long as I don't have to have lunch with you every day, that's all I fucking care about. Just get the oh, fuck man. away from me. Well, you should be in a team room when someone walks in with a new piece of gear that everybody's not getting. That's because <laughs> that's when you know. That's when you know. You'll see some childish hey, stuff. Oh, where'd you get that jacket? Okay. Hey, where'd you get that jacket, dog? Where'd you get yeah. that Arcteryx jacket? Yeah. Oh, they got them in supply. You didn't even tell us how many more they got left. They gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's not a bad one. That's a jacket. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, and sometimes you fight over it. Nobody I'm okay does. if you got a jacket. And I didn't get the jacket. I can live with that. <laughs> It is. It's just that everybody, you know, everybody's still human, right? And everybody still goes through these things. Luckily, the guys on our podcast, we never fight about anything. We only get along. But we're going to talk about you a little bit more. So as the phoenix rises from the ashes and you, you take off on the, this podcast uh, journey, what what does the future hold for you? Like, where where are you trying to take this? To the top. What the fuck? The to the all the way, like to the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, Jason will show the biggest podcast in the world. Uh, I'm doing a podcast with Tony Hawk, so that's called Hawk versus Wolf. And I want Hawk versus Wolf to be the biggest right, podca- podcast in the world. Name. I want it to be the biggest podcast in the world. I'm also doing an MMA show with Alan Joban called Ultimate Friends Conversation. Guess where I want that to be? 
Oh, I want it to be number no. one. That's so fantastic. I just keep, I'm just going to keep doing them and I'm going to do my solo show because I think that the interviews on my solo show, I'm starting to get into those. I like them and their guests are maybe not good for the Jason L show because Kevin and Telly might not know their career as much as I do. So I still want to have that show. So it should be four free podcasts a week. So people that wanted me four days a week, sorry, five days a week, because there's a lot of serious XM listeners that want it the way they used to have it. Yep. I can say, well, there's four of me a week for free that you can download anywhere. And then there's the Patreon where I do two live solo shows and two live Jason Ellis shows a week. So it's a lot of, lot of content and I don't sleep on any of them. I put a lot of work into them. So I think I'm doing a good job. So I think it's only a matter of time before, um, cause that's the other thing. Being the best is cool, but I don't really fucking care. Like if, 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 if it's, if it's on the plate to go for, and it's going to take a lot of work to get it, I'm your guy, but I'm not like, uh, I refuse to be less than like, I don't fucking, I just want to seat at the table. I just want to be able to pay my bills. If I could go to Porsche in two years from now and tell the lady, no, I will not have the fucking stock one. I will have the fucking <laughs> cock sucking one with all the cock sucking things on it and get it to me fucking now. You know what I mean? Like be a dick. Cause they're dicks. And I want it in the deep maroon. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Deliver it to my house. Fucker. I'm going I'm to go. I can't believe buy- I had to even come in here. I'm going to go across the Ferrari and buy one of those as well. Dickheads. That's it. But yeah, if it doesn't happen, I just have a podcast and everybody kind of likes it. And I still help. Uh, the fans and all the people that listen to Sirius XM are like, still love the show, love the show, Tony, love the MMA, blah, blah, blah. That'll do. And I know that's a, I know that's a done deal. So I'm just looking forward to the dust settling so that I know what is my job, what what are the things that I do Monday, like every week. Because right now I still don't know. And I don't know how much <laughs> money I make. I don't know how much money I'm going to make. I don't know what it's going to average. So there's definitely a lot of... Uh, fear of yeah uh, are you are you scared how, how like fuck I, it. yeah we are too every week man we i can't believe we've been on for about a year and we've got about uh we're about to drop podcast 60 right unreal every single week like the text messages that we shoot back and forth the fear is immense i imagine it has to be tenfold for you well there's the if it completely fails and I can no longer have a house where it has a bedroom for each kid, yeah, that'll be that'll be um, that'll hurt. You know, that'll. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever get any lower than that right now because right. of how right. high I've been to be down enough where I can't afford to fucking take a certain level of of uh, care for my children. Yeah, that'll that'll burn. But I just don't. I know how this game goes, and this game doesn't go that way for me, and it doesn't go that way for me because I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna yep. make yep. it. I fucking make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna get the fucking Porsche with a, like pink paint job and fucking probably have my a photo <laughs> of my angels. And you know, I'll probably be like ninety, and I'll die. You know, I mean, in a fucking in some sort of car racing somewhere, you know, I have a stroke, I'm hit the fucking barrier, and poof, fuck off, you know? 
<laughs> Fuck out of here. The, I, I love it. I love that motivation. Like you were, you were truly living that life and you're, you're saying all of these things. I wish I could just put into the heads of the guys and girls that ask us questions because that's it. That that's the one thing you don't know what it is, but I know it when I hear it and that's what it is. When you say it and everyone goes, yeah, but that person's not going to do it because there is no, as soon as you have, yeah, that would work tomorrow might be better it, uh, right now, the thing is that all those are the are the things that, are, that to me, I look at as cool. I, that's more opportunities for me to have because <laughs> you're it. too lazy to go get them. So when I just, when, I, mean, I want to help you come get them with me, but if you don't want to come get them with me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get them. So yeah. you should, you should figure it out. So the one question we ask every single guest is, you have a chance to give one piece of advice to anybody that's starting out. Anybody that is at the beginning of that journey that is going to go off and find their why and find that passion, and they're going to fulfill a life stream. What is that one piece of advice you give them? Oh, find your love. Find your passion. Because it's not going to work without it. So, And that means... Uh, I'm not finding passion with softball or baseball or football right now. Well, that's not your passion. You need to go do something else straight away, immediately, because it's going to take 10 years for you to get good at it and then get the gift. The real gift is being a master of it, not getting paid or a pat on the back. My greatest gift is I had a skateboard at one point where I could do airs over your head and look at your fucking face while I was doing it because <laughs> I fucking mastered it. Right. That was my gift that I gave myself. Like the money or people like at a gas station. Whoa, didn't you skateboard, dude? You're Jason Ellis, right? The fuck that. Hey, fuck that. Watch that, that, watch that American shit. accent. Watch that American accent. That's appropriation. You'll get canceled. Thank you, man. <laughs> After this, we should get some beer. Oi, leave it out. Let's go down to the bar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I knew you'd like it. <laughs> Yeah, I would yeah, say just I find think, a passion. Just keep doing stuff until you find your passion. And then when you find your passion, you win. You're off to the 100% races. You know? you know, dudes are always come up to us and they're like, yeah, I've been, it's been really hard to get my time in in the pool and get my run in and get all that time blah, that blah, because I'm working a job. And yeah, blah, I knew blah, that blah. guy when, in skateboarding when I went like this past that guy. <laughs> I remember I remember meeting and then I meet, remember meeting people in America that were above me and I went past them because they were doing that. Everybody that does yeah. that is another person that you can pass. Cuz yeah, dudes get complacent. On. They're like I've reached this level right here and this is the highest that I ever thought that I could achieve, but they don't know that there's this other level that people that keep on putting putting in the work like you Plateau, can man. achieve. People quit at plateaus. Yeah. It's like when you lift weights, you're getting bigger, getting bigger and all of a sudden you're lifting and you're not getting any bigger. Oh man, I may as well give up. Nah, just fucking crank it, crank it, crank it. And then all of a sudden, next level comes. And then the next level. Like it's all about the person, the best fighter in the world is the one that loves fighting the most. You know, the best race car driver mm -hmm. in the world is the one that loves racing cars the most. That's the, that's yes, it. And there's never a time that you've made it because there's always that next level and there's always something else to do in the world, just like you've been kind of bouncing around with the skateboarding, the MMA stuff, the podcasting, and then different shows. You know, you just can't be held down. And I, I love that and I appreciate you, you know, for just sharing that because it's so 
it transfers so well over into all the things that we do as far as special operations and all that kind of stuff. Cause this is our passion. We want to make the next generation of people that are coming in after us better than we ever were and make sure that they have all the tools and the mindset to succeed at all the missions that they're going to see in the future and go down range with their buddies and that kind of thing. And what you're saying, right to us on this podcast is really hitting home and it's making, um, it transfers really well, like I'm saying. So, um, if you have any last remarks, we're going to close it out and, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, my last remarks are you guys are awesome and I really appreciate you guys and what you do. And if I ever decide to quit smoking marijuana, I would love for you to like help me <laughs> find uh, sex traffickers so that I can murder them. Listen, that's a sound bite oh, on its own, baby. We're all going to retire. Sorry, that, that might be my next thing after podcasting is <laughs> quitting weed, getting some training, and then finding those fools yeah. and taking out the liver fund. I can get down with that big time. 100% on board with you on that. Whenever that opportunity arises, you just give us a call. Is it you too late to show up at like 55 and be like, all right, boys, <laughs> what's this training you're doing here? I don't know, Jason, <laughs> is it? <laughs> if I get enough money to get back on HGH, no, I'll be, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford Never HGH anymore. I'm fucking, I'm waiting for uh, my body to, I'm like, I wonder if it did anything. Cause I did that. I had a knee surgery where I had a, a cadaver, like knee replacement, dead person's yeah. ligament put yeah. in there. And then my doctor was like, if you do HGH, it'll heal way quicker. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm rich. How much is that shit? They're like, it's like, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a fucking lot, dude. It's a thousand dollars a pen and it's like two pens a month. Ugh. If I'm doing that math correctly, that's $400 a month. I was so rich. He's really, no he's really good at math, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. How much does so a banana cost? I don't know, $10? Yeah, no, I didn't know. I, my <laughs> fucking fridge broke in the backyard. I do the cold plunge thing, and yeah. the bottom of it broke, so it just starts leaking. And I was like, oh, just buy another one. What is it, like 170 bucks? Because I don't know how much I pay for it because I was so fucking rich. I just said, get me one. <laughs> Turns out it's fucking 500 bucks, and now I can't afford it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jason, well, I really appreciate you. We all just appreciate you coming on the show and just talking to us, not only, you know, just for the wisdom and everything, but I had a good time just talking to you and learning from you. All the things that you've done in your life is super motiv motivating just to hear all of your success stories and that same mindset that, you know, sometimes we drift off and we uh, forget about our purpose, but, you know, you are just constantly on track and 100% into every single thing. And that is just super motivating to hear. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing all the stuff about, you know, what drove you to become what you are and how the, the tribe that was around skateboarding really just kind of brought you in and took you into this place where you were by yourself and thinking about only the bad things in your life. And then you transferred all that energy into something that is positive and really propelled you into this position where you are now and started you on that course like you know what i don't have to be this person that people think that i am and i can go ahead and achieve more because that's who i am and that's who i'm going to be and you just made this whole tribe for yourself of people that believe in the same thing that you do and it's inspiring to see um, someone that's just so awesome down to earth and continues to be themselves no matter what you know through all these challenges that you faced and everything so um, we really appreciate you sharing the story and everything and you know anything um that we can do at any time we're down to do the border patrol thing um i wish i could be down there in vegas to see you reborn as the phoenix but 
<laughs> yeah, I'm writing yeah. this shit down. Reborn is the Phoenix. Holy I shit. I swear to God, it's no more Jason Sharkheart Ellis. It's Jake, Jason the Phoenix Ellis. Ooh. Um, that, Man. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I feel like you jump off the bike through the wall of fire. Like. Uh, you're right. What's going <laughs> to yes. happen? You're going to hit a wall of fire? Then what I'm doing, I don't know. Then I don't know. Jesus Christ, you'll be fine. Yeah. Some kind of wingsuit and then fly into a pool or something. I don't know. That oh my so God. Cool. Get a wingsuit and be on the front of the car. And then when they hit the brakes, fly through the wall of fire as a fucking. As the bird. As an actual Phoenix. As an. Man, I'm going to. Phoenix suits. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we made the notes, boys. We made the notes, boys. All right. We'll get a GoFundMe going right, to get you a Phoenix suit. All right. Word. Yeah. Thanks for having me, boys. Jason, thanks so much. All right. For all you listeners, we really appreciate you uh, listening to us. You know, anytime, just drop us a line, info at onesradio.com, and then always hit us on the IG. We're here for you guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And again, Jason, thank you for taking the time to come on and talk to us and then to our listeners. So you guys go out there and earn each breath. All right. Later. Later.